Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Hey, listeners, it's Katie Dunn. I'm so excited to be bringing you another episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. For many people, job interviews are scary and stress-inducing, but we can help with that. My guest today is Al D. Al is going to guide us through how to prepare for a job interview. This is so important because the interview is your opportunity to shine. It's also your chance to determine if this company and this role is right for you. Al D is a product marketing manager at a tech company in San Francisco. And he's the founder of the MBA Schooled digital content platform that educates MBA applicants, students, and grads with advice on all aspects of the MBA experience. Al earned his MBA at UNC Keenan Flagler and is now the author of the book, MBA Insider, How to Make the Most of Your MBA Experience. The book is now available on Amazon. Al's also a frequent speaker at top business schools. Welcome, Al, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Tell us how you got interested in helping people navigate careers and navigate business school. It's a great question. I think that since I was young, I've always really valued work and having a job. I think it's a great way for people to use their talents and skills to make an impact. And I think back to my own first job, I was working at a golf club and washing golf carts and washing golf clubs. And it may have seemed like a, a manual labor kind of task, but I really enjoyed it. And I was really good at it in terms of not only being able to do that, but being able to interface with members of the club and using my customer service skills. I've just always been really energized by finding opportunities to ha- help people have that same experience of where they are feel fulfilled and they feel energized by being able to have a job or career that they enjoy. This is something that's always been something that's top of mind. And when I started my career at, at Deloitte Consulting, as a consultant, you really have to be the person who drives your career and who owns your career and who really is ensuring that you are getting what you want out of it. And it was something I learned there. But you know, over my time at Deloitte, I started being kind of that person who was helping other people do the same thing. So being kind of a a career guide, if you will, of helping people figure out what kinds of projects they wanted to work on or what kind of industries they wanted to work in or thinking about how do I set myself up for a promotion. It really took myself to the next level when I was getting my MBA at UNC. At UNC, we have a program there called the Business Communications Center. And in the Business Communications Center, MBA students actually serve as communications consultants and help undergrads, their fellow classmates, Um, through all aspects of career search. So helping them write cover letters, helping them perfect their their resumes, helping them practice for interviews they have coming up. And I really enjoyed that and got a lot out of it. And that is what really inspired me to start thinking more about what are some of the ways I can kind of share what I've learned. And that's really where I got the idea for MBA school. Going to business school very much is a career accelerator. It's a way to drive career growth and development to find a new career or a new job. And so I've created MBA School, which is a blog about the MBA experience and really showcasing what it's like to be an MBA student and been blogging about that, all things related to business school, particularly the career, career development, career transition piece for the past five years. So that's 
one of the reasons why I really wanted to write this book was because I had learned all this great insight in business school. I had started MBA school that had been writing about it for five years, and I had learned so much about the MBA experience and kept coming back to this notion that if I had just known all this before I was entering business school, and I had a, something that would help me kind of guide me and navigate so that when I got to business school, I would be able to uh, navigate it in the best way and take advantage of all the right opportunities and really use it to my best ability to accelerate my career, that it would be really helpful. And that was where the idea for MBA Insider really came to life, to make a how-to guide for navigating business school to maximize you know, your time there, to achieve your career goals, um, and to set you up for success. I was excited that you actually wrote the book because I've been reading MBA Schooled for years now, and the book sort of brings together so much of what you covered in a shorter format. I thought that was fantastic. Also, as I read that book, I kind of put on my MBA career services hat, and I thought, man, this is the guide that every student should have as required reading before they get to an MBA program. I think you cover a lot of ground in there. and. One thing that you just said that I wanted to kind of pick up on was talking about at Deloitte, how you really had to drive your own career. Certainly that is true at Deloitte and in consulting in general, but for everybody, you you have to be in the driver's seat of your own career. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Oh, I totally agree with you. And I would just add, you are the best person to figure out what you want, want to define as success and then to go out and achieve it. And you certainly will need help along the way, right? And and that's where institutions like Deloitte or UNC are really great because they give you ex- excellent resources to help. But it really is, to your point, it really does start with you. And that is something that I not only learned at Deloitte, but it's something that I gleaned a lot from writing on MBA school and talking to other MBA students in terms of a big lesson they learned in business school was realizing that I need to own this myself. Like it's on me to, to kind of define what it is I want to achieve and then to use all these other great resources I have to go. Yep, absolutely. So, so let's come around to talking about interviews because I think this is something you probably have had your own personal experience with, but also as a student at Keenan Flagler and in the career coaching you've done since, you've been helping others succeed at interviews. I love that you came up with three really nice points about how to prepare successfully for an interview. The very first one is do your research. And this seems pretty pretty foundational, right? And it's not earth shattering by any means, but having been on both sides of this, both as a candidate as well as an interviewer, I have as a candidate, forgotten to do this to the right degree, as well as as an interviewer, had plenty of other candidates who have not done this to the degree that they could have. And when I say do your research, there's a couple things that you want to focus on. You want to know the company, right? You want to know the industry that they're in. Um, you want to know their competitive landscape, you know, the, the, the people that they're going up against in the market. And that's what you want to know kind of about the company. But when you do your research, you also want to know about the people that you're going to be interviewing with. And, and this, you know, in today's age, a lot of times leading up to the interview, you'll probably get some of that information, at least the names. And because of the internet, it's never been easier to figure out what's going on with these people or what their careers are like and things like that. But the end message is that you have time to prepare for your interview. It's, it's not just reading their website, but it's looking at, you know, what recent 
news is going on with them. You know, if you are working, uh, if you're interviewing at a pharmaceutical company, you know, what kinds of recent legislation has happened that might impact them? Or if you're interviewing with a tech company, what new products have they launched recently? Those are all types of things that will help you understand not just what the company website says or, you know, what their mission statement says or their core values. And, and that's all good, but really, truly understanding the company. And then specifically for uh, the interviewer, look them up on LinkedIn, you know, figure out how long have they been there, figure out where they came from, you know, what their career path, career progression has been like. I think that's important because a lot of times those will be the things that drive some of the questions that they ask you, but they're also kind of data points for you that you can use in the conversation, whether you're following up with a question that they're asking or whether it's an opportunity for you to ask a question yourself. So uh, do your research. Uh, great. So do you have places, obviously the company website is a place to start. Do you have other sites that you like to recommend for people for research? And, and it will certainly vary uh, company to company, industry to industry, but you know, I guess the first place is, is a company website. The second place would probably be all of their social media profiles that they have, whether that's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You can also look at things like Glassdoor in terms of the review, the company reviews and any information that they have up. Once you start getting into the industry, it gets a little specific to what is there. But, you know, for example, I work in the tech industry, so I would want to look at both blogs as well as email newsletters that are important in the tech industry. So for example, at least in the industry that I work in, in tech, there's a bunch of newsletters that are widely known and respected as being top-notch. One of those is the information and the other one is TechCrunch, right? And so I would you know, kind of look at those. I might even go even further and, and look at those websites and see who are the most prolific writers about topics that are relevant to the company I'm interviewing at. Right. And I would go maybe look at them to understand what's going on in the industry. And then, and then as you start getting more granular to the interviewer itself, look at, you know, their, their LinkedIn profile or any other social media that they may have, uh, things like that. So here's another source I want to add. And it sounded, it seemed kind of old fashioned, like it was old advice, but in the annual report, that letter to shareholders, if it's a public company that you're interviewing with, um, I feel like my dad always used to read annual reports and I'm wondering if anybody reads those anymore. But when I, I did this recently and looked up the letter to shareholders, there was so much great advice about company direction and where they were going and where they had been and what they'd accomplished that year that I, I just found it to be a huge treasure trove of information that I thought would be really, really valuable for an interviewer. And then also talking to people who work at the company, if you... If you have access to that, I think is a really nice way to sort of supplement a lot of the things that you were talking about too. I 100% agree with you. One of the things I do for any interview that I've ever done is that once I know where I'm interviewing at, I go to LinkedIn and I do a search for any alum who from either my undergrad, Boston College, or my MBA, UNC, who work at that company. And I see who I can reach out to those insights can be really valuable. And you never know when those people might know the person that you're interviewing with. I've had that happen many times. So I totally agree with you. That's a great point. I love that. I do think people are willing to help too, if you sure. kind of approach them with a connection like that and, and a request. One of the things I love about your first point about doing your research is that you have the opportunity to walk into that interview feeling more confident because you did your homework and you're prepared 
but you're also really demonstrating that you're the kind of person who does their homework and shows up prepared. And I can't think of a better first impression to make. So your second point, second step in preparing for an interview. But the second thing that you want to do is to craft your story. Now that I know about this company and now that I know about who I'm interviewing with and what makes me a great candidate for this role and this opportunity. And it's all about coming up with your story that you want to tell in an interview that makes you uniquely positioned so that the interviewer says, wow, we really have to hire this person, right? This person stands out. They're unique. They bring things to the table that would make them successful in this role. I I call it crafting your story because it, it should be a story, right? And it should kind of tie together a combination of your experience, um, your skills, as well as the unique things that you're going to bring in that will make you successful in the role. It's a concocted narrative that uh, positions you really nicely. And the way the example I give is as a job interviewee, you are a product, right? And like a good product, you have a compelling uh, product description or you have a compelling message about who you are. And the company you're interviewing with is the buyer. And so your goal is to tell a story or to have a product description that convinces the company, aka the buyer, that they need to have you. Um, just as if you would go on Amazon.com or your favorite retailer and uh, online or e-commerce platform and read those product descriptions and find one that you really like uh, because it just sticks out because the benefits you re- are going to receive from it are going to be really valuable. You want to do the exact same thing. So crafting your story is all about taking all those that information you learn from reading about the company, about uh, the interviewee, about the, uh, the, the, the role, and distilling down and thinking about, all right, well, what do I bring to the table that would make me a great candidate for this role? Oh, I love that. I love the idea of thinking about yourself as a product. I think that's really neat. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing that and following this advice, my the story that I'm crafting might be different depending on who I'm interviewing with, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because inherently the role that you apply to at company A, uh, it, it might be different than company B, or maybe they're in different industries. And I think though, you know, for the sake of this podcast, let's just assume you're kind of roughly applying to similar jobs at maybe different companies. I think the foundation is probably it's very similar, but it might be a little unique based off of the company or the specific role you're applying to or the vertical that they're in or what you're trying to say. One of the things that I do and what I've done with all of my clients and to take that job description or job posting and go through and you know teach to the test, right? Read the roles and responsibilities and the required skills or suggested skills. Which of these do I have, right? Which of these don't I have? Where is an example of something in my work experience where I've done that matches this specific skill or matches this specific responsibility? And as you start to do that, you can start to come up with your benefits, the things that you want to highlight when you make your narrative. I would also add, it's probably really important when you think about crafting your story that you are putting things in terms of, here's what I can do for you because I have these skills, as opposed to talking about, well, this job is perfect for me because I want this and I want that. You really want to put things in terms of what you can do for them, the company. And I think if you can work that into your story, 
and it's very tailored, that can be a really powerful way to show up in an interview. As a marketer, we often talk about the whole concept of features versus benefits. Think about a car, right? A feature of a car might be uh, heated seats. And it's nice to talk about features sometimes, particularly if you're, like, you're a car lover, but that is very much in the language of the car company. What you really want to talk about, and I think what you're, what you're speaking to, is the benefits, right? I want to know that the benef- what the benefit of a heated seat is, right? And so, like as an example, I was just in cold and snowy upstate New York. The benefit of having heated seats is that my rear end is warm when I <laughs> go walking to the car from the garage when, as the car warms up. And so, to your point, it might be easy sometimes to talk about the features of you in terms of that experience you have or, the, or this specific skill. But what you really want to do is to talk about the benefits that you're going to provide using that skill or you having that experience and how it's going to help the company. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making that distinction, because often I think that gets lost, the difference between features and benefits. And that's really important in an interview setting. So I've done my research. I've crafted my story. I've, I'm able to talk about myself in terms of here I am. I'm this product that's a great fit for this company in this role. And then what do I do? Practice and then practice and then practice some more. (laughs) Yes. Um, I couldn't agree more. This might seem like the most simple thing, but is probably the most effective thing to get you ready for an interview. And there's a couple ways that you can do this. For starters, just to get warmed up, take some common interview questions and practice what you would say to them by yourself or if you have a friend, practice with them. And you know, again, beauty of the internet. If you type in common interview questions, you can find a bunch. You probably know a few because you've had an interview before, but write those down and practice either how you would say them or what you would respond with. Or if you're more of a, if you're someone who likes to write things down, um, write out what your answers are. Everyone kind of practices differently. So it kind of is unique to your own style. I have worked with some clients in the past who kind of say to me, oh, I'm a little worried about becoming too scripted. And that's okay. And so with them, I tend to just have them come up at least with a couple keywords or bullet points they know they want to hit. Whereas I've worked with other people who are like, you know what, like, I really just need to kind of memorize a little bit because if I don't, I won't nearly be as effective. And so with them, we'll actually write out a couple sentences and they'll practice it until they get to a point where they feel comfortable enough that they feel that they don't need it anymore. The other thing that you want to do is you want to find some of the, the trickier ones and drill in on those. You know, I played sports growing up. I was left-handed. And as a result, I hated practicing right-handed layups. It was because I knew I wasn't good at it. I knew it was really hard. But any good defender who could figure out I was left-handed would eventually guard me so that they would try to force me to my right. Even though I wanted to practice going to my left, I had to really practice going to my right. It was hard, but whenever they would guard me and make me go right, I could figure out how to score. And it's kind of the same way. So for any of those questions that are really tough, Make sure you spend a little bit extra time on them. And then finally, there's always going to be some curveballs. There's always going to be something you can't anticipate. There's way more interview questions you can be asked in the world than ones you can prepare for. One thing that you can really do when you practice, particularly if you're working with someone else, is have them interview you, but have them come up with a few questions that they don't tell you that they're going to ask you. And then at some point, have them ask you them. And the goal here is not to catch you off guard. But what you really want through this practice is just getting you comfortable being in an interview setting. You will not know how to answer every single question that comes your way. What you want, though, is you want to have the ability and the confidence 
to be in an interview so that when you do get a question, you have the muscle memory to be able to come up with a concise answer. Great advice. I've also used the record app on my phone when I was preparing for interviews and I would speak my answers into that and then I could hear them back. And that's good because sometimes you pick up on things that you don't know you're doing or know you're saying that you would want to correct for. Just that actual practice of saying it out loud. You may know in your head, you think you know how you want to answer that question, but when you open your mouth and something different comes out, you want to have that experience during practice and not during the actual interview. So yeah, I think that practice step is probably overlooked by people because it can feel a little awkward, right? You're looking in your mirror and you're answering interview questions. That just feels a little weird, but it's- The payoff is huge, I think, if you can put in the time to actually do that practice, whether by yourself or with someone else. You mentioned those difficult questions and then the easier ones. Some of those ones that seem really easy, like, hey, tell me about yourself. Why are you here today? Why are you interested in this job? That sounds really easy and obvious that you're going to get it, but that's all the more reason why you need to have a really amazing answer to that question. And practice, yeah. practice is a way to get there. Absolutely. One other thing I wanted to touch on was I, when I was in MBA career services, I would talk to recruiters a lot to get a lot of the feedback on how our students were doing in interviews. And one of the things I heard over and over was, well, I'm, I'm sensing that students lack enthusiasm or energy. And I thought that was really crazy because that is something that we can really easily correct for. And also, I knew that the students had the energy and the enthusiasm for these positions, but that maybe they were trying so hard to be professional that they were sort of leaving their enthusiasm at the door. And that's a shame. So I always encourage people, don't be afraid to let down your guard a little bit and show that you are really excited to be there interviewing for that role. Because that's who companies want to hire, people who really want to be there. They want the job. They're hungry, and that comes through in the interview. Don't forget to show your enthusiasm. I don't want to say that interviews have gotten a bad rap. I think they've gotten the rap that they deserve. That said, I think (laughs) that sometimes it's easy to kind of treat it as this monumental task or this arduous task. And I think that does impact consciously or unconsciously the mindset you have going into the the interview. Look at it as a two-way conversation. It's a really simple mindset shift. But I think sometimes whether you realize it or not, that can kind of change the way that you approach it. It it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you dread if you don't want it to be. That's a good point because at its best, it's a two-way conversation. Both the candidate and the employer are evaluating, is this the right fit for us? And frankly, if it's not the right fit, you don't want to be there. So it is important to be yourself and not dread it. The last thing I would say is the follow-up after an interview. Hugely important, don't you think? Totally. I think there's a common theme here. There's a whole bunch of things that are really easy to do that just get overlooked. But if you if you do them, it, it won't put you in the top 99%, but it will help you stand out right away. And, and I think following up right away afterwards is, is absolutely one of those things. Yes. Some, very much like within your control, very easy to do. And it does It does really get overlooked. One, it's common courtesy. Two, it shows your interest and in, in, in your enthusiasm. If your friends hosted you for dinner afterwards, you would either send them a thank you email or shoot them a thank you text. And it's the same thing with an interview. Like if you had an opportunity to interview, 
you would send them a follow-up thank you note. Some people kind of will say, oh, well, I don't know what to say or I don't know what to kind of put in it. To me, I think the thought of writing it means more than like the words you use or the, the spirit of doing it and the thought behind it means more than the actual delivery in and of itself. Yep, I totally agree. It's a really great way to stand out as a candidate. I think it's something that most people don't do. So if you are the person who does it, it's just an opportunity for you to stand out and an opportunity not to be missed. Any last words on preparing for an interview? And then we'll sort of recap your three great points here. Yeah, I think that interviews are a great way to learn. There's so much buildup a lot of times with an interview and, and you kind of treat it as a binary outcome in terms of it either went really well or went really poorly or you either got the job or you didn't get it. But I think it really is an opportunity to learn a little bit more. So when you don't think of it as a binary outcome, I think there's a lot to be discovered. You go to an interview and you vomit and you feel really bad about it. But what you learn from it is that, you know what, like maybe that wasn't someone who I wanted to work for, or maybe the question's really hard and I stumbled, but it wasn't the right role. Instead of looking at the outcomes, you, what you really want to do is look at the process, right? And, and the process for how you prepare, for how you answer the questions, for how you followed up after. And if you go, if you can walk away from an interview and do a debrief and feel comfortable and confident about the process you used to prepare, I think that is what the focus should be in terms of your measures of success, as well as what you learn from it, as opposed to, you know, the actual um, yes or no itself. And on the flip side of that, I have had interviews before where I didn't have my best game, but I still moved on and moved to the next round or got the offer or whatever. And that's good, but it, it, in some ways it's a, it's a false positive. So I would say that if you treat you know, the interview as a chance to learn and to focus on the process, at some point you want an outcome, right? Of course. But, <laughs> of course. But I think, that, I think that will really help navigating some of the highs and lows of, of the interview process. Yeah, great point. I like that too about doing the debrief afterwards because I think if you sort of reflect on your experience in an interview and you can do that in just a few minutes and maybe jot down the questions you were asked so you'll know them for the next yeah. time and also think about what you did well and what you didn't do well, that that's where your learning can come from and that's where you get a whole lot sharper on your next one. I forget who said, you know, that your job search is a series of no's. You hear no, 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 no. Yes. Right. You just need that one yes at the end. And you may have to hear a few no's maybe because of interviews in order to get to that. Yes. But it, it all builds to the yes at the end. So I think that's important to keep in mind as well. Mm-hmm. So how to prepare for an interview, according to Aldi, first do your research, then craft your story and think of yourself as a product, which I think is just a brilliant idea. And finally, practice, 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 practice by yourself, practice with friends, record yourself on your phone and play it back and take advantage of whatever kind of practice you can get your hands on. Al, thank you so much for all the great interview advice. And everybody be sure to check out Al's book, MBA Insider, How to Make the Most of Your MBA Experience. Al, I really appreciate you being here today and hope you have a great and successful 2020 as the uh, book launch takes off. Thank you, Katie. It's been great. 
Now that you know how, go do it. I believe in you. Subscribe to our email list at backtobusinessconference.com for weekly job search advice. Let me tell you why I'm passionate about the Back to Business Women's Conference. I took 12 years out of the full-time workforce to be home with our four kids, and I really enjoyed that time. But when I was ready to go back to work, I found that it was really challenging. My goal with Back to Business is to help other women who have taken career breaks get back to work in meaningful careers that they will really enjoy. Check our website at backtobusinessconference.com for information on upcoming conferences. There is a Back to Business Women's Conference on February 23rd in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. This is a day-long event filled with panels, workshops, and speakers, all geared toward women who are returning to work after taking a career break. At the conference, you'll also have the opportunity to meet our corporate sponsors who are hiring for jobs right now. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.